This episode of the University of Pleasure is brought to you by Choke Coffee. That's right, University of Pleasure fans. This is our first official sponsor, and we are thrilled to be partnering with Choke Coffee. Now, you're asking yourselves, Choke, this is a sex podcast. What are we talking about here? Well, it's not the kind of choke that you would think we would be talking about in the University of Pleasure. It actually has to do with jujitsu. And I am sure they actually make those sounds. This is fuel for grappling, folks. And I happen to be an expert on jujitsu. Why, you ask? Because I took three years of Olympic karate in the elementary school days. And of course, I watched the UFC. So I am one step from a ninja. Nobody challenge me, especially after I have a cup of hot choke coffee. So check out chokecoffeeco.com. Again, that website is chokecoffeeco.com for all things jujitsu choke coffee. Clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. We're back, folks. We're back. Doc, we're we have back. Been, we have been engaging in a lot of individual madness. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of cuckoo, cuckoo, crazy stuff going on, but we are back. We found our way back to each other, and it feels so good. I'm loving it, you it in does. this beanie right now. It's very, like... Christmassy and cute and like I'm funky and young like I'm digging the whole vibe I'm digging it. I'm funky and young that's really what I do and we are back folks here at the University of Pleasure we just want to put out a PSA there to uh, say sorry to our millions and millions of fans that you have not heard from us in about a month or so which is not our style but there's been a lot of upheaval and a lot of craziness going on for the doc and I both. And uh, everything's finally starting to settle a little bit. After the doc has, uh, you know, what she's got to get done this week, there's a lot of moving happening. There's a lot of chairography that has to happen in her office. You know, yeah. there's a lot of things that are going down. And then I was in productions. It, it's, been, it's been a wild ride, but we are here. We are back. We have a classic episode for you all today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The doc, I'm really proud of her, guys. I'm really proud. She's been doing videos for us on social media. Not and with the consistency I show, but I have been doing some, and that's a big step. That's a that's really a big, big step. step for you. It's really big, and I am proud. I of even you. made a. I even made an, an unsolicited Instagram post. Yes, you did. Where I slightly engaged i mean it's big it's yeah. big for me Jeremiah. it was a lot and you know what it's, it took it me about steps. 45 minutes to do one post to go what where who do i <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but it was too good of an effort i was at the rip bodice in brooklyn which is yes. like such an amazing and it'll tie in with our episode today it's such an amazing erotic uh a bookstore with a lot of erotica and so it was 
too good of an opportunity to pass up given the uh, episode we're doing today. Absolutely. And it's going to be a great episode. Don't forget to check out the Amy book, our news about news. The Amy book's out there. You can get it, download it, listen to it over your Christmas break. You want a little erotica written by Autumn Karen and myself. And of course, voice acted by Kelly Dorney, my ex-wife. And uh, it's a great book, and I hope you all check it out. We got some exciting stuff coming up on our... Guys, it's going to be season five. Season five. That's going to be season five. In uh, next yeah. year. That's madness. It's madness. It's madness that we have been able to sustain this for so long, though... Again, we were a little bit of hiatus, but we are back. We're in the Yeah, groove. this year was a little dodgier. This yeah. season was a little... <laughs> well, there's a lot of change. Ch- my ch- move, your, your many productions, uh, yeah. it was a little... But, you know, we were just chatting, folks, about, like, some plans since... Jeremiah and I have busy schedules about how to start mixing some things up, possibly maybe some guest hosts coming in. Yeah. Should be exciting. And I'm ready for it. I know the doc is ready for it because one of those guest hosts is, oh, she always gets so excited when this guest host comes on. I'm not going to give it all away, but I'm probably, our millions of fans probably know who I'm talking about, and it doesn't matter, and I'm fine with it. It's going to be fine. But the point is we've got some exciting well, stuff coming for season five. We will work through it. <laughs> we will work through it. It'll yes, we great. will. But in all honesty, Doc, it's great to see you. I, I miss seeing your face. And uh, I'm really excited to get this episode out to everybody today. Um, and uh, yeah, so here we go. Classic episode style. We're in the holiday groove. Everybody get out your jingling bells because here's your episode. Naughty? Nice? As long as it's right. Choosing the erotica that's best for you. Woo, that was hard. Uh, the audience didn't yeah. see this, but I just had to do that three times because I couldn't get choosing out of my mouth. The second one, the second one was a bit aggressive. Not it was to a give little bit notes. aggressive. I was just Not going for a different tone. Notes. I was like, yes, as long as it's right for you. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's talk about this. What is naughty and nice as long as it's right? This is something we talk about, I feel like, a a, a lot, you know, because it's always about what's right for you. That's something we always advocate here at the University of Pleasure. But let's weave it into the naughty and nice, the holidays. Come on, Doc, hit us with some knowledge. Yeah, well, I thought, you know, it's the holiday season. What better gift to give yourself an erotica, right? And I think... Definitely that idea of like, you're right. It is like a flowing theme through nearly every episode that people are probably sick of, but it will be my soapbox that I probably die on, which is the idea that healthy sexuality needs to be individualized, right? It's pretty specific to the person. Um, But yeah, I think I wanted to talk about erotica. I think that we spend a lot of time um, kind of talking about pornography in this very specific way, which is this more like, um videos you know like kind of the like quintessential idea of what pornography is but Mm -hmm. i wanted to talk about erotica because erotica is like a much it's a very broad reaching term right which is like really any kind of works of art or creative materials that people might use for like sexual or sensual stimulation and i'll talk a little bit more about that okay so yeah i mean so i think erotica is like this very big sort of area and like like essentially it's just like (laughs) Erotica could be a lot of things. It's like, I mean, crap, it could be like sculptures, yes. you know? It yes, could... <laughs> or like those, like, you know, when you go into someone's house and like, you know, there's like a like a, a, a very artistic, naked, faux dark 
photograph, you know, of like black and white, that can be erotica, right? Yeah, I mean, like there's like, you know, like I think all sorts of ways to like engage kind of the sexual and sensual mind. And I think erotica is really sort of some type of work of art or, you know, a created material that really engages the mind in that way. And sometimes we engage with erotica intentionally and sometimes unintentionally, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I've like, and maybe it's just because of the circles that I hang in as a sex therapist, but like (laughs) I've been to people's homes and I'm like, oh, oh my. Oh, (laughs) that's very, yes. Isn't that a titillating photo series outside your window, right? Right. Or not outside your window, outside your bathroom, right? Uh, You know, where I'm just kind of trying to, like, move through the world and then I notice it and I experience it. But this really is an episode about more that type of erotica that's intentional, right? Right. Like when you're out there and you're trying to choose erotica that you want to engage in, you know, for funsies. Yeah, for funsies, for the funs of erotica. Because, so you know, like, listen, when we're talking about, like, erotica art on the wall, you know, that's, I always like seeing things like that in someone's house. Because especially if it doesn't, like, correlate in my brain to the person that I know. You know, when you ever go to, like, someone's house. Oh, yeah, it's, like, and a, you're it's like, like a fun little window into their life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, well. You know, hey, or like I've had experiences where I've gone into someone's house, had no idea. And they're like, and this is our guest room and this is the other room. And then there's a mirror on their ceiling in like the bedroom bedroom. I'm like, oh, (laughs) you know, there's like, yeah, this is our okay. Well, you know, I love that we're actually talking about choosing erotica. And, you know, because we do, you know we have our own books where we have our little publishing aspect of things and and we are going to be bringing in more erotica. But there's such like a plethora of erotica out there that kind of fits so many different niches. Niches? Yeah, and I I think that, like, just, like, when people say the word pornography, people kind of automatically go to, like, videos. I mean, which is also, like, kind of bound by history, right? They probably used to think more of, like, still images, but now people think more about videos when they think about pornography. I think when people hear the word erotica, they tend to think more, not everybody, but people tend to think more of books. Right. And we'll certainly talk about books, right? That is a big part of um, sort of... uh, I would guess the the what is accessible to people book there certainly are a lot a lot of books out there but um I think that erotica really is this like very broad reaching sort of category yes. um but I did want to swing back like earlier I said that like erotica is that one you erotica is something that one might use for sexual or sensual stimulation and I just right. want to like pause on that sensual stimulation part I think that different people like engage with erotica for different reasons right and again erotica is an umbrella term that include pornography or other sort of in the traditional sense that people might think about it but like a lot of times you know some people um might read a sexy book or watch a sexy video because they're feeling horny sure right they're already feeling horny and they want to like build upon hey can i stop you right there do we know where the term horny comes from? Have I ever asked this question? It's no, I don't know. It I plagues know. me. Like, I hear that term horny or someone says, yeah, I'm feeling horny. Anyway, we don't have to look it up right this second. You know, where's our interns? Interns! We need to change. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I don't know the etymology of it, but I think it's a good question. Uh, okay, we right? wanna, I want to I want to circle back to that at some point in time because it drives me crazy. Like somebody will say it, or somebody that I'm talking to will just randomly I mean, say, "Oh, I was so like horny that one day." Really, like, what is it? Does this it have to sounds do? like a very good assignment. The etymology of horny that sounds like a very good assignment. For you, Jeremiah, a good research assignment. Okay, so I'm going to find somebody episode. to look it up for me. That, that... <laughs> 
Okay, you're not going to go sorry. to like the New York Public Library, go sit in the Rose Room. Well, really, you like, know just me. Dig I'm all about deep diving of... deep. You know, I'm about diving deep into the books. I love reading. It's my favorite. You know, okay. well, so... well, we'll 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 look this up together. Then. Yes, we will. Okay. I'm sorry. So but get yes, back. It's to, a good. You know, people are off, and I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to veer there. Reading okay. erotica no, so... usually when they're horny. And... No, um, some people like whether it's pornography, whether like whether it's like videos, whether it's books, whether it's stories, some people seek those out when they're feeling horny. Right? right. Or sometimes people are seeking those out when they're feeling horny. Sometimes people seek them out when they're not feeling horny to feel horny. There you go. Right? Like that's part of its purpose. And sometimes it's just to like people might engage with it to create a bit of a, a just a sexual energy. Yeah. Right. There's something yeah. that draws them to it. But I think um, there's like, a, I think of our particularly people that maybe read like erotic books or sort of like, um, you know, engage maybe more with erotic fiction. You'll hear people talk about like, there's not really any specific intent around it, but just maybe a desire to engage in kind of like a sensual headspace, right? They don't yeah. have any specific yeah. expectation, goal or intent. And I say that because it's important because I do think there's sort of this like, I don't know, subtle belief system that like if people are engaging with some kind of erotic material, like it's like I'm looking at that or I'm reading that or I'm engaging with that because I want to get off. Right. And I think that that is a sometimes, but I think that there's like an infinite number of other reasons that people might engage. And part of the reason I think it's that might seem like kind of a no dust statement, but I, I think it's important to identify that because in partnerships, Right. When people are experiencing their partners engaging with erotica, sometimes they're they're maybe on that track of like, yeah. why are you looking at this? Why are you doing this? Right. And it might uh, sometimes that that uh, sort of belief set can create uh, conflict. Right. At times. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, I do think it would be good to just very briefly talk about like mm, what can be useful about engaging with erotica. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk and about I think it. Like a, well, here's, well, here's, yeah. let me, let, for all our millions of fans out here, I have been, you know, uh, working here at the University of Pleasure for four years. So let me start, Doc. I'll give you my opinions on why erotica can be useful. Should I do that for you? Can you do it in a, in a different voice? Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fine. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> yes. So. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, well, I, you know, erotica in in so many ways can uh, be a really wonderful uh, thing to put on your sexual buffet, either for yourself or your partner. You know, especially if you're doing reading erotica. Reading erotica is a really wonderful, wonderful way to uh, get your mind in the headspace of sexuality and wanting to be sexual with somebody. It's also, you know, erotica in the aspect of pornography is something you can share in together, sharing likes and dislikes. And then also uh, there's a wide band of, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, Daniel Steele novels and it doesn't have to be hardcore pornography. There's so many different facets of erotica that you can utilize to uh, participate with your partner in. It gives it new ideas for new trying new things. I mean, there's so many different aspects that erotica can be helpful with. Some people really need mental stimulation and need to read, you know, a book. I'm not one of those people, <laughs> but um, I like to. I'm an audiobook person, everyone. Audiobooks, but in fact, but that's you know, still a way to engage with erotica. That's right. right. Like you that's could absolutely right. listen to an audiobook, and it can get us into a place where where uh, 
mentally you want to be uh, more uh, with with your partner in ways that you didn't really experience? Am I how am I, how am I doing so far? Am I on a you're good band? You're doing pretty good. I think you're doing pretty good. I, I'll, I'm going to touch on all those just a little bit, but yeah, I think you're go doing ahead pretty now. good. All right, now Separate- you, you touch. You touch on them. So, so separately, if I can, listening to a, like an erotic book, like on your whatever Audible or whatever, maybe you have something through the library, um, you know, when you're sitting in your car and like there's like a sexy scene you're listening to in your car and you're sitting in traffic next to somebody. Also a nice little fun titillating way to engage in some like yes. legal uh, legal uh, exposure. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where you're sort of like uh, exhibitionism. That was the word that I was looking for. Don't do exposure in your car, by the way. People. Yes. No, no exposure in the car. Uh, that is totally against like- the law. You know, where you're like getting to enjoy something like a little exciting and titillating in a public setting. And you're like, ooh, I have a secret person in the car next to me. You don't know. You know, there's something about that that just in and of itself. I'm just saying that out loud. Yes, of course, of course. With a a book that can be or like a audible book or something that can be useful. Yes. Uh, So I do think that like erotica in many ways, and you kind of touched on a lot of them, really can help us enhance both our individual and our relational sexualities, right? And we've certainly talked about this before on this podcast many, many times, but this idea that like, we have our kind of individual sexuality, right? Who we are as a person outside of any partners. And then we have who we are sexually with the maybe partner or partners that we're with, right? right. And that might look different depending on different partners. And that's relational sexuality. And I think erotica is a really good way and can be a really good way to really help us enhance both of those things. But I think also starting with self, right? And we know generally from research, you will see um, that folks that have a pretty well, like kind of engage with their individual sexualities in ways that they feel good about and healthy about can really enhance relational sexuality. Right. And that kind of flies, that sort of flies in the face of like doing stuff on your own is going to take away from the relationship in some way. And there's certain caveats of, you know, if you got a lot of secrets and you're doing stuff that you're having a lot of shame and a lot of guilt about, perhaps that, (laughs) that style might take away more from a relationship, but there's all sorts of ways that we can feed our individual sexuality that actually, one, can just be uh, good for us as individuals, but two, actually can be really beneficial for the relationship. And I think erotica is a way in which we can do that because to some of the points that you were making, Jeremiah, right? Like it, sometimes it can help like pump a new sexual or sexual or sexual and sensual energy into our lives that Uh can aid in like, I don't know, sustaining or sort of like uh, creating libido. Yes. Right. Like I actually, you know, I've known lots of folks over the years that I've worked with or even just know personally where they're like, you know, I wasn't like my my drive was kind of low. And then all of a sudden I like started watching this TV show or I started reading this book series and I kind of started feeling a little saucy. And yeah. It awoke the, you know, the flames of passion in me. Yeah. It's stimulated. I mean, these are sexually or essentially stimulating materials, right? It's that is its purpose. Like it's stimulated something. And so I think that it can be a great way. I mean, I've had some folks like maybe very intentionally utilize it because they're saying I, I have low desire and I feel concerned about that. So like very intentionally, they're using that as an intervention. But I think for some people, it's much more casual than that, right? Where they're just like noticing it and they're like, oh, I wasn't very interested. And I don't know, I I started reading some Harry Potter fanfic and, (laughs) you know, suddenly I'm I'm feeling a little more engaged with myself and maybe with a partner. Um, And so I think that 
that it can be a really great way to like bring some of that energy in. Also to the point you were making, I do think it's true. Like it helps us come up with new sexual interests or ideas. Yeah, right? like sometimes you just don't we... know. All of a sudden you listen to something and you're like, oh, that sounds really kind of fun. You know, right. or you see, or you see something, yes. um, you know, I, I will say this whole thing that engaging with erotica can help us come up with new sexual interests or ideas is why some people are concerned about people using it. Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Because, because it, they want to keep the stuff. Explain doc that, that kind of yeah, caught Well, me. like, okay. Think about sort of the cultural narratives on pornography, right? Like we don't want to give people ideas. Ah, <laughs> like, right. You. They say. Like a lot of the censorship that has happened around sex and sexuality historically, that has been a part of the concern, right? If you engage with stimulating material, you might get ideas. Got it. And to a certain degree, there's truth in the idea that like if we engage with new stimulus and it and by the way that's not just sex that's this is basic psychology right like like yeah when we engage with new stimulus we get new ideas and we learn new things that's why right. novel experiences are good for us in many yep. ways yep 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 the the problem is the it's not to me right as a sexual like as a psychologist and a, and a sexual health sort of uh provider i don't think that the problem is is that and i think there's a nuance in this is that okay, it might give us new ideas. The It's the assumption that new ideas will invariably turn bad. Right. <laughs> that's something. Right. That's a, sometimes new ideas are really helpful. And sometimes perhaps someone, uh, you know, there might be something new that someone's exposed to that creates some struggle. But I think the assumption, one, that people can't work through struggle is a problem. Yeah. But two, that all that would sort of be like saying like anytime you do something new and get a new idea your life will be worse like just (laughs) across life because we've talked we've talked about this many times on this podcast our sexual minds are really not that different from our minds in every other capacity of life right yes so it's not like you go and you see a movie where somebody is like I don't know, maybe engaging in violence and you go, well, now I'm going to go engage in violence, right? right? Now, some some people might engage in violent violence-related media with such a high degree of repetition that it might start to have influence. But that, those really are more the exceptions right. and the rule and not things that we have time to get into today, which are highly psychologically complex and really specific, <laughs> not Got really it. applicable to the general public. Got it. Um, uh, the other thing, I think you kind of maybe said it in there. Uh, I think erotica can really help teach us about our own bodies and what might feel good and yes. how to engage in certain skills. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because we got to be exploratory. Listen, if you don't really have a good sense of your own body, what you like and what, you know, and haven't done your own personal exploration, you know, it's going to be tough when you're with a partner to be like, yeah, I like it like that. You know, this is what I dig. And erotica is a good way to help get you there because you, if you're turned on, you're feeling horny, which we will find out the definition of and where it came from. It's driving me crazy. But the uh, aspect of understanding your body, you're sitting there and you're watching erotica and you're gauging with yourself in a very, you know, fun and playful way. You know, then you're going to be more in tune with your body when you have a partner. Right. Am I wrong with that, Doc? And erotica can help that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just, it helps us learn. It's like any other type of learning. Sometimes that might be auditory learning, visual learning, right? Like we all learn in different ways. Like right. for some people watching a video, somebody masturbate might be, they're like, oh, I don't masturbate that way. Let me try that way. Oh, that 
works better. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, or I'm nervous about how to perform oral. Let me watch a few videos on that, right? Or read, right. read some type of erotica about that and try some of those things out. So I think that there are a lot of different ways in which it really, it's just like, you know, we are kind of like little computers moving through the world, absorbing information right and we yep. use it constantly to learn yeah uh the other thing too um i think it i think erotica can be a really interesting way and it does require some vulnerability but it can be an interesting way to like communicate sexual interests wants or needs with a partner uh-huh so yep. Yep. rather than being like let me let's say someone's like tell me about one of your fantasies Sometimes that's maybe really actually really hard to do and it feels really vulnerable but maybe you could get yourself to be like the scene was hot this, Wait, this is something not. I dig. Just That's a perfect... Oh, Doc, that's right. so good. That's so good. And before we go in, any deeper into that, let's take our break for our sponsors, Choke Coffee. But let's just take a break <laughs> here. <laughs> Did it scare you? <laughs> that was the most, I don't know, rock chalk DJ moment. <laughs> <laughs> choke Coffee! Choke Coffee! <laughs> We're going to do Choke Coffee. <laughs> So let's take our break here, and then when we come back, I want to talk more about exactly what you just were saying, because that was such a great tip and trick, and I'm excited to hear more about that. And so, we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial, folks, because it's a word from our sponsor, and our sponsor is Choke Coffee. That's right, folks, our first sponsor, and this is our first in-between commercial break for ChokeCoffeeCode.com. Choke Coffee is submission fuel for the grappling enthusiast. It's all about jujitsu, baby, and I, Jeremiah James, your old pal, is a jujitsu champion in my own mind. That's right. In my own mind, and I love drinking a little White Belt Tears, a breakfast blend super smooth with hints of vanilla, and it's the best seller at ChokeCoffeeCo.com. So go to ChokeCoffeeCo.com. It is for the grappling enthusiasts. ChokeCoffeeCo.com. And we, uh, is it working? Yeah, it's working. Okay. <laughs> and we're back, folks. Technical I thought you were going to stick with the D. I thought you were going to stick with the radio DJ and be like, and we're back. And we're back, folks. Hey. <laughs> you got, you got that future in your, like, you got that future in there in you if you want it. Listen, I'm always, I have always wanted to be a radio host. Like I, I mean, when you, when you pitched this idea to me about the university pleasure, I was so excited because I'm like, this is it. I'm going to live out my dream. And then, you know. Get down the road, and I'm like, uh, every time I do my disc jockey voice, she just kind of makes fun of me. Now I just yeah, don't because feel... I wasn't asking you to do your disc jockey. I know, <laughs> it's <buddy>. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we should find you a radio show so you can you can express that important part of yourself. I love being on the radio. I actually have a radio persona that I had used when I was down doing work in Flat Rock. Uh, a dear friend of mine, W, uh, what is it? Uh, QZ, uh, the, the Q bar. It, anyways, it's, I can't remember it right now, but I've been on their radio show many times and did Q the morning something, show something. with them. Huh? Yeah, hit WQ, QZ. Anyway, it's down in the Flat Rock area, and I love them. They're the greatest people in the world. And I got to be uh, uh, JJ the DJ in the morning with my buddy Mark, and it was the greatest. <laughs> oh, I had Ugh. so much fun. I could have done it forever. 
And Mark, I know you probably don't listen to the podcast, but I love you. And thank you so much for that opportunity. Anyway, I want to get back to what we were talking about here. And you had made a really great point. You might not be able to communicate what it is you like and don't like, but you could just be like, I like this show. Watch this show. Watch this one episode in this scene. I think that's hot. And then you don't have to like explain in detail. Might make you a little nervous to explain, or you might feel a little exposed. And I think it's a good starter, right? Like because then somebody might have questions about that, but it's easier to respond to those questions than just to be like. I think that a lot of people might ask that question, or frankly, if I'm being honest, feel like they should have an answer to that question. Which I want to be very. A lot of people don't know what they like. And that is, we've talked about that many times. That's yes. okay. It it's is okay. okay not to know because we are all still learning all through our entire lifespans. Listen, um, I continue to learn. I continue to learn uh, because of the University of Pleasure, because of my friendship with you, uh, because of things that I watch and discover, things that I don't didn't understand before that I continue to learn about and like different relation aspects. So, look, you don't have to know everything. You don't have no, to be, and, you know, the, the, the part of why and, we do this is so that people can continue to learn and find new things, new exciting things that you might want to yeah. try. I mean, you just never know. And that's where erotica yeah. comes in because you might have something where you're like, you know, my friend recommended this book and I listened to it and I had never thought about, you know, uh, being tied up. It wasn't a thing or I never thought about how hot it might be to have, you know, sex on a beach uh, where it's allowed and you don't go to prison, you know, kind of a thing. Like, you know, because, again, we're not advocating doing things that are against the law here. But, you know, there are a lot of fun fantasies that you might discover just through erotica and go, hey, that might be something I want to do. And you learn something new. And I love that. I think that's a fun thing about sex. It's just kind of it's a never ending smorgasbord of new things that you never know might work for you, you know? Yeah. And and I do think that using it as a way to like share or communicate, like using it as a like a an agent of communication can be really helpful. Yes. And sometimes and don't forget, like you can set boundaries around that too. Like if you're like, and I don't want to field questions. Right. <laughs> That's okay, right? If you're like, it's a big act for me to share something with you that I like. Let's dive in slowly. Like you always, like people get to have boundaries too, right? And yes. a lot of times in partnerships, people are just like often like thrilled that you're sharing anything. And most yes. partners are going to be pretty like sensitive to the idea of like, oh, I, I get that this is maybe if it if you are a person that maybe that's kind of a big deal to, or you've never taken that risk before. I think most people are going to be like, yeah, for sure. I think it's just about stating those boundaries, right? Like, so yes. hypothetically, if you're like, hey, let me share this mm, scene in this sexy book. I want to, this is a risk. I want to share it with you, but I don't want to answer a bunch of questions about it at this point. We can try to talk about, you know, like we, I want to work into that. Like that's a boundary. And I would say set that. I think getting out of like all or nothing mindsets about things is often a really helpful to start like sharing more and engaging more. Yes. And, you know, and separately too, I, there are lots of reasons us, you know, I'm talking about ways in which it might engage or it might enhance like relationships. But again, I want to bring back, if you're not in a partnership, right. There are still so many ways in which utilizing erotica, if you want to, and if you choose to, can really continue to enhance kind of your your sense of individual sexuality in ways that I think can be very meaningful and important. Um, so uh, I do want to shift gears, though. All of that said, and not to be a bummer, but I think it's important to talk about some of the complexities that can come up with using erotica. Well, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, and I, I'm glad you're going down that road now because, you know, with complexity 
comes, you know, uh, what we part we were talking about in this episode specifically, which is choosing what's right for you, which I know I was aggressive on when I, you know, <laughs> said it the first, second, or third, whatever that time was that not, I did Well, it. The, the listeners didn't hear that pass. So yeah, they, they didn't you know, hear that pass. So it was very aggressive because it was like, choosing what's right for you. Like, so my point is, I think this is where I would love to, to let's talk a little more about that. Let's feel yeah. that one. So I think that... Um, when you're thinking about erotica or like some of the complexities that can come up with erotica is like sometimes what we like or what is interesting to us or what we find ourselves drawn to does not feel congruent with who we who we feel like we are so what i mean by that is like to say it more simply is like we don't really feel comfortable with it yes. right yeah well listen we like i mean it. look we uh, we talked I, i'm gonna just give a reminder to our audience a long time ago I had I was with somebody. They cheated on me. We were not in an open relationship or monogamous or non-monogamous, and I was heartbroken. I don't know if you remember this, Doc, but I mm-hmm. talked about I it. Do. I opened my soul here on the podcast. My point is with this is that I got very uh, turned on by the idea of her with this other person, and I thought I had lost my mind. Like I thought I was like, mm-hmm. that's it. I'm a crazy person. Who would be getting aroused by the person that they were magically in love with and was going to be with quote unquote forever and getting turned on by the fact of like them with somebody else. And I literally was like, that's it. I have completely come unglued. (laughs) There is this person is a wacko and I'm going to need to be put in 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 uh, in an institution for people who like this kind of thing. Like I it just didn't fit with who I thought I was and what I thought I was supposed to like and, you know, societal norms and all that kind of stuff. So I think this is extremely important. And this is one of those moments where I say, lean in, tune up the volume here for the doc, because (laughs) she's going to give you some information that's important. It's important stuff because I learned it, but I didn't have someone like you, doc, to explain it to me back in the day. So please continue. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times, and this is like a topic we've talked about in a much bigger way, and it doesn't just come up with erotica, but right, sometimes we feel a lot of conflict. So I'm going to first talk about internal conflict and then sometimes there's external conflict. Sometimes we're just fine with what we like, but our partner is not. Right. (laughs) Right? And that's a separate, that's a separate issue, right? So in terms of internal conflict, you know, I think uh, some of the questions, right, that I would ask like around like choosing the, choosing the erotica that's right for you. Sometimes this, that sounds really simple on paper, but might actually be a bit of a challenge in practice because you know like like for instance if you ask yourself the question like can I let myself just enjoy it or does it come at like a cost to me i.e do I feel like guilt shame afterward right or have like distressing feelings about it afterward part of like just that question right like is it easy to let yourself just enjoy it right if if the answer is not really or no or you kind of go if I'm being really honest with myself I don't think so what that tells me is not necessarily that you're not choosing the right erotica for you, but that perhaps there has to be some some work around, and that might be within yourself, that might be with a professional, right? Some work around that internal conflict. Yes. Because a lot of us have received, not everybody, but a lot of us have received a lot of really conflicted, shaming messages about sex and yes. what it's supposed to look like and what's supposed to turn us on. And then when what we're experiencing arousal or interest in doesn't line up with that, of course, invariably, we're going to feel distress about it. And so I think sometimes in order 
sometimes people will be like, well, I'll just pick a different kind of erotica. But then here's the problem. They want to keep going back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the one that's interesting. And now, now you've made it a taboo. Yeah. Which, guess what? That's going to make it even hotter. Congratulations. <laughs> the more we tell ourselves, and everybody, there's always variance, but often the more we tell ourselves that we shouldn't do something, now we've created that extra little like lighter fluid on the fire of arousal, yes. right? That, yes. that tension, that internal like dissonance conflict that we have now makes it that much hotter, right? Because we're not supposed to, right? Let's say you're like, ooh, I wanna reread, I don't know, let's say you find yourself on like literotica.com and you read a, a story about something and you're like, ooh, I really liked that. I didn't like that I like it, right? And now it's like, should I, shouldn't I go back on? Should I, shouldn't I? Now you're already literally increasing your like activation about it, right? Because anxiety is arousal, fear is arousal, right? And then that builds and it keeps building on it. And that's adding the amplification of when you engage in it sexually, it's going to make it feel hotter. It's separately, why do people talk about sex that they're having in affairs being right. so hot? Being so hot. Cause it's naughty. It's secret yeah, and you're not, it's naughty and you're not supposed to do yeah, it. Taboo. So, yeah. So I think that a lot of times looking at like also the role that not allowing yourself to have something is creating because, and some people can just be like, I'm just going to stay away from that. Right. And if it's that simple of a process and you're like looking at that, reading that makes me really uncomfortable. So it's easy for me to like stay away from that and use other things that turn me on. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Great. Excellent. Good for you. You yeah. don't need to fix it, right? And that's okay. If it's, if it's more around, I really like this, and I, I I really like this, and I'm finding that I just can't stay away. Like I think that's where doing maybe a little deeper work on kind of sexual value systems and shame yes. and those kind of things might and be really. As we helpful. always say here at the University of Pleasure, if you kind of run into that wall and you're doing the internal work and maybe you've had conversations with your friends and you're still really struggling, call someone like the doc. Find yourself a really great sex therapist who can help you maybe navigate some of those muddy waters that you're, you know, maybe having some of that internal conflict because uh, someone like the doc is extremely good at helping to sort through those kind of thoughts that might be conflicting with who you believe you are. So always want to just kind of throw that out there, too. Yeah, I mean, because the obvious solution is like for people often when they're struggling with that conflict is be like, I just won't use it. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and then <laughs> they have a hard time just not using it. And now people start to feel like a failure or there's right. something even more wrong with them. And it's very, it can be a, a real uh, quick cascade into amplifying shame. And so yes. that's why I just kind of note that because sometimes it's pro it's maybe not about the erotica that you're, you're looking at or enjoying or reading or listening to. It's maybe more about uh, some sexual value system stuff that you might need to address and look at. And perhaps you need to adjust the sexual behavior, or perhaps it's about adjusting something that's inside yourself. Right. Now, I say that with the caveat that not all things somebody might enjoy for erotica are legal. Yes. So, yeah. Like we said, we do not condone illegal activities. Right. And we do so, not condone anything that could be hurtful And I would to especially, others. especially say that if what you were engaging with um, and struggling with and i'm not making any assumptions about folks here but like just to say out loud that is definitely something you would want to go get professional support right yes. if you, it's also something that would put you at legal risk yes um okay so i think that 
it is impossible to talk about choosing what erotica is right for you without also kind of going, how well does it also just fit with, like, if you want to use it, ideally it is just adding fun enjoyment or at the very least neutral. It's yes. not like taking something from you. Um, I think the secondary piece of that, like I said, is like, sometimes you're just fine with it, but a partner isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I have not shockingly, and I'm sure I've said it before on this podcast, have had lots and lots and lots and lots of couple sessions about specifically probably more classic video pornography sure. as a form of erotica and, and it being a conflict, right? Yep. And we've talked more about that. However, I want to say I have had couple sessions, actually many, around someone feeling uh, concerned about the books that their partner is reading. The books? And like, yeah, like particularly like I've had many sessions over the years. Like I couldn't even count many folks in dynamics in which like their partner feels threatened by like um, characters in like romance fiction or like, you know, kind of the bodice rippery kind of things. Really? Of, yeah. So it's I mean, not just. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be like, really? <laughs> but like, I, like of all the things like, you know. Uh, I mean, I guess I could see where that would come into play. I mean, I yeah. I, I mean, if there's somebody I mean, I that, think, like, I, I don't think it matters like how we engage with. Uh, I think our partners engaging in fantasies outside of us. Yeah can feel really threatening, right? Like whether it's coming from pornography, like kind of more classic video pornography, the things we think of as pornography, if it's coming from romance novels or erotic fiction, I think. We all have insecurities, right? And for some Truth. of us, knowing that our partner is, I don't know, let's say we're, let's say that we we come across our, like a book that our partner is reading, right? Like, let's say it's a romance novel and we read the lead, let's say in this case, like a cis male character and he's six to, you know, got, a, they all have, tend to have large large penises there you um, go. Yep. and is you know a millionaire i don't know why they're all millionaires or billionaires of course, now of course like, they are, yeah. they're millionaire billionaire right or whatever or they have certain physical qualities or personality qualities or like success quote unquote success financial qualities that we don't have like i think it's easy then if someone's like oh and you're seeing that as a theme and maybe the let's say their books that your partner is reading i think that becomes easy to go like um do you like what I got going on? Because I'm not those things. Right. I'm not <laughs> right? any of that stuff. So what's going I'm on? I'm not here? any of that stuff. And I don't think it really is that different than someone maybe, I don't know, opening their partner's laptop and seeing a video of somebody that has a body type or is in an age range that they're not in. You sure. know. So I think sure. that insecurities can really show up in any place. And it makes um, sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And I and honestly, like, I don't I think that those can show up across like heterosexual queer relationships. I think that those can show up across gender. So I don't think it's bound by this like cisgender heterosexual sort of uh, narrative about sex either. Got it. Um, because as, as I said, we all, we all got our stuff. And yeah, we all, got we all our have, I mean, listen, the most secure people or you think might be the most secure people, you know, <laughs> just chinks in that armor too and you might not realize it that all of a sudden you know you're reading some erotica novel and the person you thought was super secure is like wait a minute this person is nothing like me wait a minute why are you and you're like chomping at the bit for every book that comes out to get back into that fantasy land but oh you know you, 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 yeah i mean listen it's a real thing that's a real thing well, and sometimes we also don't know our insecurities until we run up into one of them right yep. like we didn't know a thing would make us feel insecure where we're like oh yeah 
that actually makes me feel bad. And I didn't expect it. I thought I was super cool as a cucumber about all this stuff, right? Like we could talk about that, that we're not talking about today. We could talk about that with consensual non-monogamy. People run into that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> things that people think they're going to be okay with, but then they're not and things that they don't, or sometimes playing out a fantasy that they're like, just getting in my head. That seemed great. And yeah. when I did it, it made me feel super bad about myself. <laughs> yeah. I never <laughs> want to do it again. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think that sometimes we run into things that we don't expect as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I did say this piece around like some of the complexities of erotica, you know, in research, uh, you know, and I've seen some research uh, that would suggest that when things, um, there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. And we certainly talked about that here before, yep. but like in general, um, when you look at there's research on, and I think they're looking at maybe more specific types of like classic pornography, but I think it may or may not, you know, be applicable to erotica uh, more globally, which is like when people keep pornography secret from their partners, it tends to have a more um, negative impact on the relationship. Sure. And which and in relationships in which pornography use is talked about more openly, it actually has more of a positive impact. And I so, can see that because with... listen, if you're if you're hiding something and you you feel like you know it's like anything like. If you're just above board about it and you're talking to your partner about it, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go pick a video on, you know, whatever website and masturbate to it. I love you. Good night. Like, you know, that that takes away a lot of the like, uh, you know, anything that's a secret, I would say, in a relationship like that can cause concern for your partner. Why are they not telling me? I saw their browser history. Why did they not explain to me that they like these things? Are they, why do they like the person that has, you know, their body looks like this and mine looks like that? I don't understand. You know, like if you're just open, you're like, ah, I just, I enjoy watching X, Y, and Z. And you know, and then it takes a lot of the, 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 the anxiety away, I would say. I mean, it reduces the ambiguity. And I think too, like people get to have privacy, right? Like, I don't think it needs to be as extreme as like, I'm going to watch this video and here's exactly what I'm going to watch, right? right? Like, I think sometimes even the acknowledgement, like, uh, like I've done plenty of couples of sessions where I ask questions about masturbation and someone flips to their partner and they go, you're masturbating? What? I don't know you masturbate. You know what I mean? Like things like that. Yeah. Like, and you wouldn't. And so a lot of times we, if you just don't know what's happening. So sometimes just even the acknowledgement of like, yeah, I use pornography. And if someone's like, what do you watch? And someone's like, mm, I don't feel ready to talk to you about that. Like, I think it can be helpful to work toward disclosing certain things um, just yes. because that might help people if they're feeling insecure about it, feel less secure, but that can be a process. I think it's really more when someone's like, I have no sexual life outside of you. It never happens. Nothing ever happens. <laughs> and then somebody comes upon that, then they feel betrayed right. in some kind of way. And right. that's really where people can find themselves into trouble. Um, so what so, we're saying we're going to pick erotica, though, like that's yep. good for us. Can we go? Can we talk a little bit more about that, how we personalize it in the choosing of erotica? That... Yes. It's what's next. Oh. Who's that? Who's what I was gearing up for? All right. OK. I was, um, you know, I don't have a breakdown. I just was thinking that it would be a good time to do that because we're wrapping up soon. Okay. We are up soon. OK. OK. So, separately like i think everything we are talking about is like thinking about what's right for you right because if you're picking stuff that you know your partner would be furious about and you're not willing to talk to your partner about it like you yeah might... it could be a, that could be a serious issue some of this stuff is to pick the things that are right for you it might also be worth thinking about some of the complexities you might run into yep. with it yep. right um but i think from a more like kind of straightforward way 
I encourage people to think about also the match of it for your sexuality, right? Uh -huh. Like, let's say you're like, I kind of want to like get something going and you have a really contextual sexuality. So what I mean by that is like contextual sexuality might mean like, you know, you need kind of uh, uh, the emotional space to feel right. You maybe need the moods to feel right. You need, it's kind of a slower build for you, right? Yes. Uh, things need to align. I'm not saying like all the stars, but like to the most part, you need to feel safe, you need to feel secure, you need to feel kind of relaxed. Perhaps if you're more contextual in your sexuality, like let's say it's a pornography video or a story where there's no storyline around it, there's no emotional score around it, and it's just like two people getting at it in yeah. whatever way. That Maybe that'll work for you, right? It might, but if you're noticing that it doesn't, you might need something more contextual, right? Yes. So more of a book or something yeah. mm -hmm. that has like, there are all types of like visual pornography. Um, we've talked about like, um, you probably see it more in like ethical pornography where, you know, there's a little bit more of a relationship. Like you'll have a couple sit down and they're being interviewed beforehand a little bit about their relationship and who they are to each other. And then you watch them have sex and it feels a little bit more loving and engaged, you know? So like, if there if there are things like that, if like in your day to day life, those things feel kind of important for you to feel sexual, you might want to, you know, and again, all people are different, but you might consider investigating if you've never investigated like things that are more story form, things that have more of that kind of emotional context and relational context built in. Those are the types of erotica that may be a better fit for you. Okay. All right. But let's talk about if what some if somebody's maybe like kind of new to it, right? Like if this idea of like I'm new, like what should I start with? You know, like sometimes people feel like really this. overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much like, out there, Doc. There's so much. Oh, Even if like you just put in like, you know, person person doing X, I mean, you get a flood of all kinds of crazy stuff that has no context. It's, yeah, I think like choice, like when we have to make a lot of decisions, decision making fatigue is real, right? Like I just like <laughs> Netflix and all of the streaming services really stressed me out. A week ago, I, I was just at a conference in New Orleans and I was in a hotel and <laughs> there were like seven channels in my room and I was like, oh, this is nice, right? <laughs> You know, I I generally would have maybe not sought out Golden Girls, but I'm just going to watch Golden Girls because it's the best yes. of my seven choices, right? And it's relieving. I spent significantly less time choosing something sure. and feeling less overwhelmed because simply there were less choices. Yeah, And we do have so many choices about erotica that it can be really hard. Um, So because of that, sometimes I think it can be useful to just say like, What's just something I've heard a lot of about, right? like, uh -huh. Uh -huh. like, um, like if we think about it more around like a, a really common question that I might have in my office is people wanting to engage more with like literatica, like a written erotica sure. because they're sure. wanting to step away more. So if it's books, right. Sometimes there's just like books that are really popular. Like, so for instance, if you wander into a bookstore, you're going to see the most popular books, yes. right? Just yes. like hanging out, particularly tip, you would typically need to go to the romance section. I would say also like they often have um, queer sections in most book, you know, depending on the type of pornography or the type of erotica that you're looking for. Sure. Um, and so I think those are often sections where maybe sometimes you can find like certain more story-based erotica, but the other thing that I would say is think about what kind of entertainment you like just generally, 
right? So if you're somebody that likes more fantasy, or if you like more realistic stories, or if you like more paranormal, like just start to like narrow it in. Because this is the thing, when we think about sex, we treat it like it's this special thing that's like totally different from us on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a part of the same brain. Yeah, it's part <laughs> like, of the same brain. It's all come from the same place. Right. And don't get me wrong. That's not to say there can't be some things that deviate of from course, maybe of what you like on a day-to-day basis. Right. But it, I think that's an easier place to start, right? If you're like, well, I generally like fantasy books. Great. There's a lot of really porny fantasy books. <laughs> start, <laughs> start there. And what might be easy is easier is to go on like a site like Goodreads, right? Like Goodreads that tells you what the top 10 most popular like uh, erotic fantasy fiction is. Separately Goodreads, if you're interested in like erotic novels, Fantastic. All right. They're fantastic. And uh, I would just like to say, Goodreads, if you would like to be a sponsor of the University of Pleasure, uh, please let us know. You can hit us up anytime. Thank you. Yeah. So, and there's other places too, by the way, like you can go on to the internet and like literally like people, people have YouTube channels on this, like people have Reddits about it. I mean, all you use Google, all you need to do is write in top Top fantasy erotic fiction books, right? And you're going to start getting so many people that have already done the work for you in narrowing it down. And that is strategically going to be a lot faster than just being like, I'm wandering around a Barnes and Noble right now. Like that might help you kind of narrow things in. Yeah. But I think part of the, if you're kind of newer at it is trying not, and I don't mean this rudely, but try not to get too precious about it. Do you know what I mean? Like try not to be like, I got to find the right thing that's going to turn me on. It is often our wrong choices that lead us to the correct choices. Yeah. Sometimes we have to go, I didn't like this, but that helps me understand that maybe I would like that. I would like this this component. Right, right. And so you, I think honestly, like part of it is just do your best, but assume that you're not going to get it like dialed in right away. Also separately, and this is from coming from an individual that, I mean, I don't even know, like, if you looked at my Kindle, it's just loads of erotic fiction. I read the trashiest books. And so, like, (laughs) if you looked at a lot of times, these books are series. Like, if you're thinking if this, if it's more books, they're series. The first one's not going to be the best one. (laughs) So you got to, it's a lot of world building. It's a lot of, you know what I mean? Especially if you're into more like fantasy. So like, you know, set realistic expectations that you might have to be a little patient. Uh, If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to read a book. <laughs> um, you might think about, and but but you don't necessarily want to go to something visual. Um, maybe think about going something like literatica.com or any number of other like literatica uh, fanfic sites. So for instance, if you're like, I don't know what to pick, but you know there was a re- there was a TV show that you really liked or um, uh, characters in a book that you really liked that were non-sexual, I promise you somebody has written some trashy fanfic about it. Oh, yes. I, promise you so if you're like i love doctor who i kind of always wanted to see doctor whichever one have sex someone has written many many stories about that doctor who (laughs) writing sex right like having sex so like i think there are so many ways and that's also another way to start and those are going to be sometimes short sometimes long but a lot of times you might find shorter stories another thing too if it's like i want to do that much work i want to just chill i want to lay back um there's, I don't know if it's called Dipsia or Dipsy. I've never, it's D-I-P-S, 
E-A. I don't know how to pronounce it because I've never heard anyone pronounce it like from the company. And I was too lazy to find it. Okay. Well, it's okay. Okay. It's uh, fine. We'll get our so, interns on um, it. There's a there's an audio app called I think I call it Dipsia. So called Dipsia. And it's great. It's people reading erotic stories, yeah. right? And sometimes they're shorter form. I think some some of the stuff up on there is just like people making sexual sounds and noises. Uh, there's another app called Quinn, right? Sometimes there might be things where someone's like being a bit more commanding or whatever. That's a great one because you can just put your headphones in, lay back, relax. If you want to masturbate, masturbate. If you don't, don't just yes. chill and like listen to a story. I think those can be really good for folks that are like, wanting to not um have to be too overstimulated or like spend a lot of time searching or whatever it might be i think those apps can be really helpful separately i'll have people listen to those apps sometimes during sexual activity with somebody just because it can enhance arousal absolutely uh, what else we got, Doc, before we got to wrap up here today? First of all, I just want to say thank you because I, I love all of these. And some of these I'm going to check out because I didn't <laughs> even know some of these apps existed. And I love listening to audiobooks and I love erotic fiction. So I'm going to be like, uh-huh, in my headphones. <laughs> yeah. And there's you know. there's lots of there's lots of audio apps. Okay, I promise I only have like two more here. Um, if you like more artistic interests, like more artistic imagery, but you want something more curated, separately you could be fancy and go like, to a bookstore and buy those like really expensive erotic photography books that they have. I mean, that's probably the most expensive way to do it. But let's be real, Instagram. Instagram. You got some people that are hella clever with those filters. Yes, they are. And the like the censorship filters and curate whole pages. Yes. Right. Of of erotic art, uh, sometimes illustrated art, sometimes photographic art. There's also a lot of spaces on Reddit and other sort of platforms where people have curated a lot of types of different like art like photography and art specifically erotically and that's good as well for people that are maybe trying to um stay away from videos because maybe videos for whatever reason maybe they just don't like them or maybe they're like mm, i spent too much time in the rabbit hole yeah, of videos it's a lot it's <laughs> right? a lot um I think uh, the other thing that I would say is if you want videos, right? And we've talked a lot on this podcast about ethical pornography and what it is, you know, think of it like fair trade coffee, right? Like people are going to be there. They're going to be age of consent. They're not going to be under any stimulus, like not be under any like um, uh, duress. They aren't under any substance use, right? Like, so the, the idea of ethical pornography is that what you see, you know, that the people that are consensually there and are of age to be there and are fairly being paid to be yep. there. What that means is you got to pay for it. Got to pay for it. Got to pay. <laughs> uh, and I'm um, all about supporting. It's pay. Um, and and here's what I would say is do your research, right? Especially if you're just trying to figure some things out and you're like I want to engage more and you're not already familiar with what you like. If you just jump on Pornhub, it's a lot. Yeah. Like that's going to be a lot and a lot of videos and a lot of things that maybe really aren't quite what you're seeking. I would say spend a little time on Google and type in like ethical pornography sites that features loving couples, pornography, or you don't have to type in ethical if you don't want to, but like pornography sites that feature loving couples, but do if that's part of what you're interested in or um, pornography sites that show um, somebody masturbating, right? Like I would actually start to like do a little research around what might be there you do i will say this you will get more of what you pay for and i understand that not everyone can afford to pay for it but if you can 
also the people doing the work get paid. Yes, they do. Not not always. That's why I would say think about using an ethical board site because those people might actually be getting paid. Um, But it can help you maybe find the stuff that you're looking for and a higher quality version of what you're looking for rather than do you know what i mean jeremiah when i feel like you just jump on if you just, jump so on like, listen, if you just go to like a porn hub or something like that and you start pull up, putting in these things okay now we're into my expertise okay now we're getting into my world and so you know you might put it you're gonna get a lot of stuff that's not very high quality people probably were not paid very well that's not across the board we don't want to say that you know a lot of these sites don't you know pay their people but an ethical porn site, you might pay a little bit more and you know that money is going to pay for more high quality um, erotica film or pornographic filming, right? So you're going to have more cinematic camera angles. It's not just going to be what we classically know is like hardcore, you know, amateur pornography, just penetration and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's it's going to be a little bit more high quality, a little more cine- cinematography involved. It's going to look and feel better. And then you, at the same point in time, you know that the fact that you're paying into this, you're, you are actually helping to pay sex workers, which is a really wonderful thing. They get a, a living wage. They're there because they want to be there. They're not it under duress. It increases their safety and everybody on the production. And reduces so. reduces exploitation. Absolutely. So um, the other thing that I would say is if you're listening and you're like, I don't like anything that other people make, well, start making your own Stay, stuff. Make your own stuff. <laughs> make your own, I'm start a huge your advocate. Own. Make your own stuff. Get a, a separate hard own. drive and just start right. making, making your own stuff at home. Mirrors right. are great. Things with your right, partner is great. And, and Still my favorite and of all times to watch anything that, you know, I happen to be starring in and, uh, you know, and That has my zero partner. shock value for me. That is shocking <laughs> in no way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> um, but if you're not interested in, like, creating video content or imagery, right? Like, I have people write their own stories all the write time. Write your own so a lot fan of time, fiction. A lot yeah. of times people will be like, like, that seems weird. And I'll be like, just give it a shot. Give it and a not shot. everyone loves it, but there's... There's quite a few people that have come back and be like, that was really hot. I had a lot of fun. I had right? a lot of fun. I opened it up. I opened up my mind and I tried it. So, well, look, right. these are all amazing suggestions. And I appreciate you and all that you do for so many people. Ooh, ooh. We are right. Thank what? you. Wait, can I say one thing? Because I don't want to forget it. And you just mentioned it. And it's so important. What's that? If you create, if you create your own stuff, you just said have your own hard drive. But let's really underline, highlight. Whether you're writing stories, make sure you're storing it in a way that feels safe yep. for you. A hundred percent. Be thoughtful. Be thoughtful, <laughs> thoughtful for yourself, your partner or partners, whoever you're making these things yes. with. To make your sure partner, that you yes. have an understanding Consent. that these things, mm-hmm. it's consensual and that you are locking it in a hard drive with passwords and all that kind of stuff because the world's crazy. Okay. So you just want to make sure you're protecting yourself and each other. So. Thank you, Doc, again for all that you say, all that you do. I appreciate you, as you know, and I'm excited to be back in the saddle with you. And again, we have more content coming. We have special guests coming in to guest host. We're very excited about the future and season five coming up. And don't forget, it's hard out there. Just be kind to one another. And we'll talk to you all again soon. Bye, Doc. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support 
by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.